Blog Talk Radio. on allhabs.net with your host, Christy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 148 of the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. Like you heard in the intro, my name is Chris G at ChrisG1980. We are Saturday, October 3rd, 2015. We're a couple of days away from opening face-off of the 2015-16 season. Montreal Canadiens against the Leafs Wednesday night in Toronto. But until then, there's still some unfinished business for the Montreal Canadiens. Since our last episode, Canadiens played three games. Started off last Saturday, a one nothing win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Then, at the Vidotron Center on Monday night against the Pittsburgh Penguins, Habs 4-1 winners over the Pens. And then Thursday night, at the Bell Center, the Ottawa Senators over the Montreal Canadiens by a score of 5-2. to two. And Canadiens played a couple of 3-on-3 three three overtimes in this span. And they lost both of them on Saturday against the Leafs and on Thursday against the Ottawa Senators. Well, our question of the day that we'll be asking our Twitter followers, you can also give us a call. It's pretty simple. There's still a battle for the defenseman spot between Gilbert to Nordy. Well, actually, I threw in Gilbert, so who knows if he's actually in a battle. So it's to Nordy, uh, Barbario. Canadians have some extra bodies on defense. What will happen? So what will you do if you're the general manager? And same thing when it comes to backup goaltending, Tokarski, Condon. What do you do? And as well for the battle between Devante Smith-Pelly and Jacob De La Rose for the fourth line. You're the general manager, so that's what we're giving you. We're giving you the powers of being a GM during this episode. And you tell us, what would you do if you were in their shoes? You can let us know via Twitter, at Habs360. And you can also give us a call toll-free, 1-877-455-4945. It's a toll-free call anywhere in North America. And you can also let us know your uh, predictions for the regular season. What will the Canadians do? Will they win the Atlantic Division? Will they finish second place in the entire NHL like they did last year? Are they going to make the playoffs? Let us know your thoughts. And I just gave you how you can reach us on uh, on Twitter or you can reach us as well through our toll-free number. And you can also reach us 
on the Blog Talk Radio in the chat room, you scroll to the bottom of the page, you log in using your Facebook or Twitter account, and you'll be able to chat in the room, and we'll be reading those comments as well. We have some exciting news in a couple minutes. I'll be telling you about a, a brand new contest that we'll be having on a Twitter to start off the season, and it will begin on Wednesday night against the Toronto Maple Leafs, so stay tuned for that. And well, hopefully in about 15, 20 minutes time, we may have a guest. So I won't tell you who it is because, well, for one reason, we're not the type of people who would like to promote uh, just to get people to, to listen in. So we didn't advertise it because, well, that particular person is spending some time with their family. And, well, if uh, they have a couple of minutes in a Later on today's podcast, they'll be joining us. So if he is on, we'll definitely tell you about it. Joining me now to help me talk about Montreal Canadiens, his Twitter handle is AllHabs. He's the owner and editor-in-chief of uh, AllHabs.net. Rick, how are you doing this week? Hey Chris, uh, thrilled to be back here. It's, uh, it, I mean, it's it's ex- exciting time of the year. The uh, puck drop on the NHL season is just around the corner, and uh, there's so much to talk about, so much to uh, to be sorted out yet. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Let's get rolling. And are you like me, starting to get fed up of uh, of this preseason? I'm I'm just looking forward. Let's get the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs here already. You're, you're right. It's it's funny, and you know what? I I I think it's more than just us. I think the players are to that point um, as well. And I think I, you know, if you read uh, the game recap, that was my uh, feeling after the five-two Ottawa uh, loss to Ottawa. The players, um, you know, the Canadians went up quickly to nothing. It was easy. They they cruised in there, and then you got the feeling like okay. Um, you know, we, we there was a real lack of intensity. We we don't want to uh, put ourselves out too much. It's just another exhibition game. Let's get this over with. Let's get on to the regular season. Let's put out the effort when it really matters. And you saw uh, P.K. Subban dancing and pirouetting and and making all kinds of turnovers. And I mean, they were they were having fun out there. But you know, I think these games, other than those players who are on the bubble and perhaps uh, Max Pacioretty who wants to get into game shape. These games are getting kind of meaningless and uh, the exhibition season gets a little bit too long. And, and I think, you know, for us, we're feeling that. I think the players are feeling that as well. Yeah, I think I still do have a little bit of a limp, but uh, at the end of the day, skating is a little bit easier than walking because you're gliding and, and, uh, I uh, just feel much better on the ice than I do on, on dry land, and I think that's to be expected from what the doctors have told me. So I feel good. I've made good progress. felt pretty good. Uh, maybe a little bit better than I thought, but uh, you know, tried not to uh, air it out too much, so I had a little bit of energy in the third. So we heard that from Max Pacioretty before the game against the Ottawa Senators and right after as well. So Pacioretty was cleared to play Thursday night against the Senators at the Bell Center, and he got an assist on the Nathan Bollier's goal, which was, well, on paper, it's considered an even-strength goal, but uh, just for, in all practical purposes, it was a power play goal because I'm not even sure that the penalized player was out of the box yet. And, well, like we expected, Max Pacioretty played on the line with uh, Thomas Plekanec and uh, Brendan Gallagher, and while we're, I'm not surprised, and Rick, you aren't, I'm sure you're not either, that uh, Pacioretty is ready and he, he will be good to go on uh, Wednesday night against the uh, Maple Leafs at the ACC Centre. And now the big question, Rick, is do you think Pacioretty will finally hit that plateau 40-goal mark this year? I think um, yeah, it was, it was really good to see him get in um, a preseason game rather than having to test, uh, you know, test his knee before uh, in, in a regular season game. Uh, as you said, he made a beautiful play to set up uh, 
Nathan Beaulieu on the backdoor play. Um, and, you know, it, did, it was an okay game for him. I think the rest of the game he kind of uh, came and went and disappeared a bit. Um, um, he, you know, he got uh, kind of corkscrewed on that one play, so the knee was tested. Um, I think he's going to be, you know, he said it's kind of hard to get around, a little bit harder to get around on dry land. Uh, I think he was going to be a little sore after the last game and maybe after tonight's game too, but to get on that, on the ice and, and uh, uh, you know, have that, j- just that confidence in, in his knee, um, I think I think that's, that's big. Um, will he get the 40 goals? Um, I think two things are in his favor. Uh, one is that, that the Canadians appear to have a legitimate second line um, and, uh, and maybe even a 1B kind of line with, with Galchenyuk centering Eller and Salmon, which means that, that the opposition can't load up their, their um, best defensive players on just the Pacioretty line, which, which, has, which has happened in the, in the past. Um, uh, so Pacioretty may be freer uh, to, to uh, 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 you know, increase his, his goal production. The other thing in his favor is uh, Craig Ramsey. Uh, I think Craig Ramsey already has made a bit of a difference in the uh, power play alignment. Uh, we've seen some changes uh, so far, and potting a couple of extra um, uh, power play goals is not going to hurt. It's going to allow him to get... Um, I think this year he he'll all things going well going uh, well and and uh, staying away from injury. I think this is the year he gets his 40. Yeah, I think so too. I think he's gonna get at least uh, the the 35 goal mark like he has for the past two years. And just like you mentioned, uh, they do have supporting staff, but somebody like Alex Semin, he will need to produce in in order for the other team to put. Uh, to load up on defense on him as well, because, well, if he isn't producing and he's in the press box, then we're going back to the same situation that it was last season for him. And, well, we saw last year, at least when they played in the penalty kill together, <laughs> Placanitz and Max Pacioretty had some chemistry. I think it was during every penalty kill the Canadians had, for some reason, Placanitz would always end up in a breakaway. Most of the time he would miss, but at least he, he did get the opportunity. So we did see there was some chemistry in between them. And while we know that it's well documented, it's well known by the fans, by the coaching staff, the players, the entire league knows that Pacioretty loves playing with uh, David Dernay. And well, it's good that they're starting off the season with them split up. And hopefully he'll continue that way for um, for the entire season. But to answer more directly my question for the 40 goals, if I have to say yes and no, I'm going to say no. I think he's going to get really close, like he does other years. But something is going to come up. He has a talent to do it, but it's just a thing that I think that he won't get it. But I think he'll be really close of uh, achieving that milestone. So, Rick... Uh, We're talking about uh, the players maybe getting fed up of uh, the preseason action, that they want to get the season started as well. We saw on Monday night the Canadians, who had pretty much an NHL team facing the Pittsburgh Penguins, who who their big stars were not in the lineup. The score was 4-1 for the Canadians in that game, but I think it was pretty closer than the score indicates. And then on Thursday night, when it was pretty much a battle of two NHL teams between the Senators and the Canadians, Senators 5-2 over the Habs, even though the Habs did dominate in shots. So I guess my, my question is, the Canadians finished, a, well, have a 2-2-2 two, two and two record in the preseason. So that's below 500. Sorry, it is a 500 record. Does it matter? That's that's been the eternal question uh, over the years. Is uh, you know, does the preseason pre- preseason matter? And um, you know, if you look at there's there's very limited data on it, um, but there there has been some work done to try and correlate 
preseason success to regular season success. And from what I've read, um, the correlation is about 60%. So 60% of the time uh, you're going to do as well as, as uh, you did in the preseason or as poorly as you did in the preseason. Now, that's not a strong correlation, but it's not nothing either. Um, it means that, for the most part, that habits are developed in the preseason. Um, and, uh, you know, for the Canadians, I guess the, the, the concern uh, still remains as it was going into the season. Where are the goals going to come from? Is this going to be an offensive team? Will they be allowed in, in the, um, the Shelterian system to uh, create offense? Um, are they going to be, um, you know, a dump and chase team without a dump and chase sized personnel? Um, and, uh, you know, um, I, I don't think that – I think that around the league now, uh, teams know, uh, in, you know, what the Canadians' formula is and, and, or was last year, and that was Carey Price. That was their, their singular formula, and, and uh, we saw where Tampa Bay could exploit that by, um, you know, exploiting the Canadians' defense. And – Canadians didn't have a response to um, to, to the offense uh, that Tampa Bay produced, even against a shaky goal, some shaky goaltending like they had. Um, so I, I, you know, it's 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 tough to 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 really know, but I I I think that the Canadians can't continue to play like they've been playing in the preseason. They need to. Improve the continue to improve the power play to make sure that they're holding the the other team honest on five and five. Uh, that 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 the opposition is afraid for the Canadians to go on the power play, um, and I think they have to make sure that they have at least two off uh, two lines uh, of offense that can uh, really hold the possession mm-hmm. and put some pre- pressure on um, on the other teams. I'm not concerned about the the way the Canadians played in the beginning of the preseason because, well, there was a lot of the rookies, the prospects that were were playing. But the game against starting the Penguins, where we relatively saw almost an NHL team, at least from the Canadian side, and then Thursday night we saw pretty much an NHL team on the Habs as well. And even tonight against the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's pretty much an NHL-caliber uh, roster playing for the Canadians. So I think at this point, uh, worst case, at least one game before the regular season, the players should play and give their 100% and start off with a good momentum because I don't know how easy it is. Look, I've never been an NHL player, right? So I don't know if it's easy with just a slap of a finger where you change your attitude, you change the way you play from preseason to regular season. So I think at least from uh, tonight's game, which is the last game of the, of the preseason, you go out there, you think you pretend it's – well, you play like it's the um, like it's a regular season game. So tonight's game against the Leafs is a, a 7 o'clock start at uh, the uh, – Tonight's game uh, – so, sorry to interrupt. Tonight's game against the Senators. Oh, yes. I keep saying the Leafs. <laughs> But it is against the Senators, you're right, in uh, in Ottawa, the Canadian Tire uh, Centre. Last weekend, Rick, on Sunday, Canadians did a, a cut nine additional uh, prospects. We won't talk about all of them, but I guess we could focus on the three main prospects that got cut. Uh, Daniel Carr, Michael McCarron, and Nikita, Nikita Sherbach. He actually got cut following Monday night's game against the uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Sherbach, because of injury, only played one game with the Habs. Carr and McCarron had um, more of opportunity. Do you think that we'll see, Rick, one of these players during the regular season? Uh, yes, I think I, I really think so. Um, uh, Sherbach, um, he's, he's an interesting player. He's, you know, a fan favorite. He's... Um, He's probably the well, not probably. He is the most offensively. He has the 
the most upside as far as uh, offense goes. But I think as far as camp, uh, you know, Mike McCarron had a tremendous camp. And I think he's shown that that, um, he's willing to do whatever it takes. He's got that NHL size. He's, um, you know, his, he's got soft hands. He, he knows how to, to finish, uh, and he's a pretty good skater. Uh, not the best, uh, but, but he gets where he needs to go. Um, but the one that, you know, if you've been following me on Twitter or heard me on the podcast, you know that uh, I like Daniel Carr. I like him a lot. Um, I think for when, when injuries come, when you need a player called up, it's going to, going to be a Daniel Carr kind of player who you can fit in on the fourth line. You can fit in on the second line. Uh, he's an extremely bright player. Um, he, 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 he's able to make his, his line mates better no matter what line he's on. Uh, just uh, grit, desire, um, hands. He's a really nice package. Um, and uh, I think he got two goals last night in the, the Ice Caps' first win. Uh, of the preseason. Um, he was on the first line with uh, McCarron and uh, Christian Thomas. Um, and they were playing the Marlies in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland. And, and uh, uh, you know, Carr had a terrific season in the HL last year, his first. I think he he uh, is going to at least duplicate that. And if if I was targeting uh, for a call-up, he would be the one that, that uh, I'd have set in my sights. I agree. I think Carr will be the first call-up. And just uh, to add on what you've already said, we saw last year the Canadians when it came to Sean Grudon, who did awesome with uh, with the Bulldogs last year. They didn't call him up because they wanted him to do at least one full year with uh, with the Bulldogs before getting called up. So I think they're going to use the same approach unless they get really desperate. Mm. But I think they'll do the same approach with, um, with McCarron, and uh, Nikita Sherbach, where they might, they'll keep them there for the entire year, let them develop, let them play a full season, and then, well, if needed, we'll uh, we'll see how that uh, that goes for them. So now it's time. I just want to tell you about a contest, brand new contest that Habs 360 will be having. It will be a Twitter contest. It's pretty simple how it will work for every road game. So it begins Wednesday night. Like this time, it actually is against the Toronto Maple Leafs at 7 o'clock at the Air Canada Centre. It's pretty simple. Before the puck drop, you tweet Habs360 the score of the game, and including the team, right? Because the team is pretty important when it comes to the final score and the name of the first Habs goal scorer. If you get it right, it's simple. You win. What's the prize? An 8 by 10 autographed picture of Brandon Gallagher, courtesy of Frameworth.com. So I'm looking at the autographed picture right now. It's it's a very nice picture. We'll be tweeting out a um, a picture of it in the upcoming days. So it's a very simple contest. The final score and the first Habs goal score. You get it right. You win. In case of multiple winners, it will be a random draw to uh, determine who the winner of the contest is. So thank you very much, Frameworth. It is the third season that we are working with them, and we really do appreciate their their partnership. We're going to take our first break here on Habs 360. On the other side, like I mentioned, we're going to try to contact our guest to see if he's available to talk some Montreal names with us. But regardless, if he's not available, me and Rick will be back in a minute or two to talk some Montreal Canadiens. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs360 on iTunes, and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Habs360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans, 
hosts who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. Frameworth is the exclusive supplier and distributor of autograph products for some of the best hockey players in the world, including Carey Price, Sidney Crosby, Jonathan Taves, John Tavares, and Alex Galchenyuk. Thanks to Frameworth, Habs 360 listeners can receive free shipping on any order. Shop online at Frameworth.com and type in Habs 360 at checkout. Frameworth is an official licensee of the NHL, NHLPA, Hockey Canada, CFL, and the Hockey Hall of Fame. For more information, visit Frameworth.com. Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time. This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net. Um, we felt better as the game went on, and for sure the first period, first time you play a game in the NHL, uh, even if it's a preseason, but you, you see better lineups at this time of the training camp. And the more the game went on, the more you show a lot of poise with the puck and uh, skate well, jump in the place. So uh, I was impressed about uh, the way that he played tonight for an 18 years old kid. All right, welcome back. I'm Chris Jett, Christian1980, along with uh, Rick Stevens from uh, allhabs.net. So we heard there the coach talking about uh, Noah Jolson, who played his first game on a Thursday night against the Ottawa Senators at the Bell Center. He played 13 and a half minutes, took two shots on goal, and had three hits. And while personally I agree with the coach's assessment, I think he did well relatively that it was his first game and that he's 18 years old and it was his first game following a concussion. But Rick, uh, when there was the news that uh, Noah Jolson had a concussion, well, we found out that it was his third concussion that he's had. And, well, as soon as I heard that, I was concerned. I was like, did the Canadians know this? Did they still draft him knowing this? Is that a concern on your end? Uh, it It is, a, a, you know, a bit of a concern, mostly because, uh, you know, he he didn't – he's missed uh, a lot of time. He missed um, – he wasn't allowed to participate in scrimmages at development camp. Uh, he wasn't in the rookie camp at, in, in London, um, and 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 then he's missed most training camp. So, yes, it's a concern. Um, and then you see him on the ice, and um, I, I was I was more than impressed. And get your hand on the record button because I'm going to give um, Tarian another compliment. Um, that the word that that Tarian used, poise. Uh, that that was exactly that was a perfect word to describe Jolson's uh, performance on uh, on Thursday night. Um, for him to come out in his first NHL action in, as Terrian described, you know, end of training camp, you got lots of NHL players out there. Um, he looked really poised. Uh, he 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 moves well. Obviously, he's a great skater. Moved the puck well. Uh, but just I was I was impressed with the way he was positionally. He he wasn't out of place. Um, I, I I thought it was very impressive for his first action and and you know he's I met him um, well um, we met him at the at the draft. He's just um, smart, well put together, uh, confident and. Um, uh, you know, when we talk about the defensive prospects, uh, this is someone who who may push uh, a lot sooner than we think um, uh, for a, for a position on the the blue line. He's a, he's an exciting prospect to be sure. 
you know, you, you're going to fall down when when I say this, but I think Tyrion made an excellent decision. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we spoke about a couple of uh, of the cuts from uh, in, in in our first segment. There's a, still a couple of uh, prospects remaining, which are Charles Lidon and Sven Madrigetto, and they're not not in the lineup tonight. But Rick, you agree with me that? These guys, these two players in particular, they're, they're going to get cut probably either tonight or in the next 48 hours. Yes, um, I I agree. Um, uh, you know, a little a little um, disappointed maybe with uh, Sven Andergetto. Um He hasn't made more of an impression on camp. Uh, he's been given... Um, you know, not the greatest opportunities. He's been down at the bottom of the, the, the lineup. But you have to, even even there, and if he gets called up, that's where he's likely going to be, uh, you have to make an impression. And, and yes, he's had some good shifts. Um, Charles Houdon has been has been great. Um, offensive talent and, and, and I think has the record for the most posts and crossbars hit uh, during the rookie camp and, and training camp. Um, he's looked a little shaky, like a little lost on the, on the back end. Um, um, you know, he, to, to appear in a, a Tarian lineup, he's going to have to improve his, the defensive side of his game. Um, and I think that's where a player like, uh, Jacob De La Rose has, has a real advantage because he's a real strong two-way player. Um, and he's got a little bit more, um, size and, and, and willingness to go into and battle for the puck. Um, so I, I think you're, you're absolutely right. We'll see those two um, heading down. And the question is who's going to go with them. Um, and, and that's going to be a real juggling act uh, for Mark Bergevin. I think I've uh, done a good job of uh, the things I need to improve on from last year and um, obviously, it takes a couple games to to get 100%, but um, I think I'm skating well and uh, moving my feet and, and doing things that um, I talked to Berg and coach about over the summer that I needed to improve. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's, it's, you have some up and downs, and you're only two weeks into the season, and you're starting to get more and more used to, to everything, so um, I think it's going the right way. So that's uh, from... Devontae Smith-Pelly and Jacob De La Rose from Wednesday, both players talking about their respective camps. And, well, there's a battle between these two players for the number 12 role in the lineup because, regardless, we know that Brian Flynn will be the number, well, at least in my opinion, I think Brian Flynn will be the number 14 defenseman regardless of the outcome of this battle. And while they're both playing tonight, they're playing in the same line, centered with uh, Tori Mitchell, well, at least that's where we're projecting because Kanins did not practice uh, this morning before heading to uh, to Ottawa. And while DSP was given the chance to play Wednesday night, sorry, Thursday night, to play on the left wing against the uh, Ottawa Senators, and well, let's hear what the coach thoughts were on the, on his line following that game. Well, I want to see if uh, Smith Pelly first of all felt comfortable on the left side, and I thought he did. I thought that was a good line. They were tough to play again. They did some good things. So Rick, we know Michel Terrier during the preseason. He's kept the lines relatively stable throughout uh, every every game. And while we heard, well, we we saw that. Terry put him in on the left wing, giving a chance to Devontae Smith Pelly to uh, to get a spot in the top four lines. Some more positive words following Thursday night's game against the Senators. I'm starting to think that Devontae Smith Pelly has won has won that number twelve spot. You you're probably right. And I th- I think um you know, I, I don't I don't I don't know that he's done anything necessarily in training camp to earn that spot. Um, but I think, I think the the coach and GM want him to succeed and hope he can succeed and hope that once the season begins uh, that he can uh, turn his game around. He, he, he really hasn't in the preseason. 
Um, and you can you can hear the Terry in there, uh, you know, expressing that they're they're trying everything to give this guy a chance, uh, trying him out of position on the left side, even though, you know, that was one of the things that Smith Kelly complained bitterly about when he was in Anaheim, uh, and said that he he didn't the reason he he um, you know uh, didn't succeed like he wanted to was because he was played out of position. Um, but you know he was given he was given opportunity on the left side of of Ryan Getzlaff and and Perry and, and if he can't succeed there I don't I don't know uh, now he's being asked to to play on the left side on the fourth line of the Canadians um, he really hasn't shown uh, me anything that would uh, you know have him above uh, any of the other players other than the fact that. The, the general manager wants him to uh, succeed because of the trade he made for him. Uh, the coach wants him to succeed because he sees that 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 big body. He wants a line to be tough to play against. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I'm feeling the same way about about Brian Flynn. Uh, I haven't seen anything mm. about Brian Flynn whatsoever to uh, justify his staying in the lineup, but he's another player that, that the coach, um, I think trusts, I think pretty, pretty evident that uh, he's not in the lineup tonight says he's not fighting for a position. Um, they've already made their mind up about Flynn. Um, so I expect that, that, uh, that he'll be there. I, um, I imagine that Smith Pelly will be there. Um, but you know, on merit has he earned it? I'm, I'm not sure I agree with that. Well, I think what makes it easy for for Brian Flynn is that if, if he doesn't play every game, he it's it's expected. He's not going to complain. He's not going to have the sad face going around. Where Devontae Smith Pelly, he might put yeah. the sad face on. And the same thing for for De La Rose. De La Rose, if you're going to keep him up and not playing, there's no point in keeping him here. Yeah, I I really like De La Rose. I really like his versatility. I I I know um, uh, some knock his his lack of offensive production. He hasn't really been put in that kind of position to contribute to the offense. And and what do you want from your third line? You want you want them to um, and chip in with the offense now and then, but you want them to be a solid uh, two way uh, kind of line and and. Uh, so De La Rose, either either beside Darren A or De La Rose, um, um, you know, spelling off Fleischman. Uh, if if Fleischman is going to sign a contract, if he's going to be here, uh, or De La Rose on the on the left side on the fourth line would be my pick. I you know the 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 tea leaves aren't turning out that way. I think you're right that that De La Rose will uh, likely head down at least for the for the uh, initial part of the season until things kind of sort out and, and maybe until some injuries uh, crop up. Like I said, I think the, the management and the, they got to do what's, what's best for my for my development and uh, what they think is best for me. So I'm, I feel comfortable with uh, whatever will happen here. <laughs> That's uh, Jacob De La Rose yesterday uh, talking to the media following practice. And when I hear that, to me, it sounds like he knows that uh, he's not going to start the season in uh, in Montreal. He's keep saying whatever's best for my development. He's not talking like I want to be here. I think I'm good enough to be here. It was whatever's best for my development. So I think he's he sees the same things that me and you have seen, <laughs> Rick, and probably seeing that he's going to get sent down at least start off the season with uh, with the ice caps. And you know one thing with with that, when he goes down, um, we want to change from Sylvain Lefebvre. When when De La Rose was down there, down uh, last season at the beginning of the season, De La Rose was playing third line, wasn't getting any power play time, wasn't put in any kind of offensive role. Um, I think we want to see that change to give him the opportunity to develop his offense. Um, we want to see him up in the in the top six. Uh, so hopefully uh, that it, if he does go down, that that guidance, that direction will be given to the coach of the Ice Caps to give him some opportunities to to uh, 
you know, cultivate his offensive game down on the farm. And just a reminder that this season here on the Hat360 podcast, we'll be keeping you a more uh, a closer look on uh, the ice cap seasons with regular reports from uh, from on-site contacts in uh, in uh, St. John's. So, Rick, there's a contest over at allhabs.net coming up. Why don't you tell us about it? We've got a contest coming up, um, and we'll be tweeting about it and have it on our website soon. You'll have a chance. Uh, Rob Bowman, there's a lot of talk about analytics these days and a lot of people, you know, talking about uh, Corsi and those kinds of things. But there's one real pioneer in this area. Uh, his name is Rob Volman. Um, he's, uh, he's terrific. Uh, he, you'll find him as an ESPN insider, uh, he, a columnist. He's been there for about six years, I think. He's terrific. Um, and he's written um, kind of the Bible uh, on uh, on hockey analytics called uh, Rob Volman's Ho- Hockey Abstract. Uh, he's updated it for this season, um, and it's packed with new information. It's the newest edition. Uh, it's a digital edition, and you're going to get a chance to win a copy of that um, through our contest um, and watch our Twitter feed uh, that uh, all Habs at All Habs, um, we'll be announcing all the details really, really soon. So that sounds great. It's an, another great prize that will be uh, given out. So I, our Habs 360 listeners have a little scoop in uh, knowing about the contest first. All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we'll be making our regular season predictions. And you can join us mm. and let us know. You can reach us via Twitter at Habs360 and you can also give us a toll-free call at 1-877-455-4945 This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub and to cheer for their team Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back. I'm Chris G at ChrisG1980, along with uh, Rick Stevens at uh, allhabs.net. And, well, joining us now on the line, he is the hockey host 
on a TVA Sports. Twitter handle is Louis Jean underscore TVA. Louis, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. No problem. So, Louis, it's the final stretch for the Montreal Canadiens when it comes to the training camp. Uh, we know that uh, Bergevin and Terry will have to do a big decision coming up on defense. They have nine defensemen. Uh, they All of them have to go through waivers. How do you see things playing out in the next 48 to 72 hours? That's a very good question because uh, I think there's some, some very capable defensemen. A guy like Mark Barberio, who has an AHL contract, obviously a two-way contract with Montreal, but a very hefty and a very uh, interesting contract in terms of the money owed if he's in the American Hockey League. But he's done very well in training camp. And then, of course, I think the, the big story is what do you do with Jared Tenorti? Uh, he's, uh, he's a player who perhaps hasn't lived up to expectations so far. So I think the Montreal Canadiens have been waiting uh, to see what he can do. He's, he's a player that brings a unique skill set but just hasn't been able to to really uh, do what the team has wanted him to do, at least up to this point. And so, you know, what I found interesting was in training camp after his first game, when he logged the most minutes, Michel Therrien was asked about his performance, and he said, ah, he was just okay. And and I think that kind of says a lot. It, it gives you an idea of where the team is, what the team thinks, and how perhaps they've soured a little bit on Jared Tenorti because he hasn't been been able to live up to expectations. But it's funny when you speak to people from the American Hockey League, people with the Bulldogs, and you know I did that last week. Um, a lot of people, you know, have said that uh, you know in terms of maturation, in terms of the sacrifice, in terms of doing all the things you need to do to be a pro, Tenorti has done that. Uh, but he just hasn't been able to kind of put it all together at the NHL level. So I think it's a tough decision. Ultimately, long story short, I think really it all kind of hinges and, and, and is all incumbent on what they decide to do with Jared Tenorti. And I would suspect that um, Mark Bergevin has probably been working the phones to figure out what he's going to do. You know that if you place a guy like Tenorti on waivers, you're going to lose him for absolutely nothing. So you have to go and get something if you feel that he's not ready to make the move and if you have to place him on waivers. They're not going to lose him for nothing. And so I think that's where the tough decision lies because they feel that Bollier has arrived. Bollier, they know what to expect. He's a guy who's, uh, you know, he did very well last year when called upon. He was good in the postseason. And I think that they feel he can bring more of an offensive touch. They trust Craig Pattern. They feel that he's where he needs to be to have an impact on a day-to-day basis. And so, to me, it really comes down to Jared Tenorti at this point and what he's able to do and where they feel he is in terms of evaluation. And my sense is, and I could be wrong on this, uh, my sense and my read is that you know, they're probably looking at uh, finding creative ways to getting something in return for him instead of just losing him if they feel he's not ready. You, you mentioned uh, it's, it's Rick Stevens. Uh, um, Louis, thanks for joining hey, us. Um, I, I think the, you know, the, the, the real frustration with Tenorti, at least from uh, we hear it from a fan perspective, is this uh, almost, it's, it's a strange, almost animosity uh, towards Tenorti. Yeah. Um, uh, from yep. certain uh, f- fans, from some of the mainstream media, and 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 this ambivalence in the organization, uh, as you said, he's he's got a, a really unique uh, skill set. He seems to be committed and done the kinds of things to prepare himself. Uh, the the real difficulty, yeah. no you know, we, we we see is is the is the mindset. Um, he's he's very hard on himself when he makes a mistake. His confidence is easily shaken. And when you have a coach saying, okay, his performance was just okay, how does that instill confidence? How, you know, do you see the Canadians being at fault, any part of the organization, for uh, oh. not mentoring him, not developing his confidence uh, to have him succeed? Well, there's no question because ultimately I know that, you know, it's not kindergarten. When you're in the NHL, you know, you have to be able to produce and it's not. It's not a developmental league. It's 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 you know it's the big show. You have to be able to perform when you're at the NHL level. Um, you know that being said, have they done everything they could? Have they have they been um, you know have they done uh, every little step, every little thing that they could to make sure that he would be able to to you know take that next step? Have they given him confidence? Have they kind of given him the tap in the back? I'm sure they have, but 
you know, this is a first-round draft pick, and this is a guy who one general manager told me last year, if he's on the market, I mean, he can play on 15 other teams right now. That's what one GM told me last year. So that means that there's no question that he can probably play on 20 teams right now, or at least, you know, close to that. So I think it's, you know, I think it's two parts. Ultimately, because I said it's not a, a developmental league, it means that he's supposed to be able to put it together to figure it out. And when you're given that chance, after a few opportunities, you have to show that you can do it. And if we're going to be brutally honest, you look at him and you look at how he prepares and everything, he has everything. He, he could be you know, the prototypical big bruising defenseman that every team wants. He hasn't been able to do it in Montreal. And if you're also being brutally honest, he gets burnt going wide a lot. You know, his first few steps aren't very good, and he hasn't been as solid defensively as you would like. He's a guy that doesn't necessarily, you know, is he, is he an intimidator? Not really. He doesn't really like to do that, but he can do it from time to time. But it's not necessarily something that he does naturally. So what is he? So I think a part of it, a part of the blame has to be on his own shoulders. But also, there's no question, when the organization kind of almost sometimes seems goes out of its way, to demonstrate that they're not happy with him. Well, what's that going to accomplish? How is that going to be a positive? And so for me, you know, the, blair, the blame is definitely half on the Montreal Canadiens, uh, and it's also partly on the player. There's no question about that. And so, th- that, you know, because of all that, you know, they could ultimately decide to start training camp or start the regular season, I mean, and go with AD because they're not quite sure. They're afraid of, uh, of you know, of losing an asset, they don't feel that there's enough on the market, or they're still intrigued by him. Uh, so, you know, it, it's difficult to say. Um, but I definitely think that sometimes just just being positive, sometimes giving the player the benefit of the doubt, sometimes just telling him, look, get a place, you're starting here, you're, we'll give you every chance, you're here for 25 games, and then we'll reassess. But if you do that, and it's a gamble because, again, you're in a must-win business, I'd be curious to see what that would do. But ever since, in every chance he's had, he's always kind of been, well, if you screw up, you could not play the next game or you could be back in the AHL. And not a lot of guys deal well with that. And I remember Nate Beaulieu telling me last year how he wouldn't sleep before games, uh, you know, before he was sent down because, you know, he wasn't playing well. He was afraid. He was, you know, literally uh, scared of making mistakes on the ice. And when you've got that, I don't know, when you've got that, you know, some guys deal well with it. And Nate was, you know, Nathan Beaulieu was able to figure it out. And although he's still young, so, I mean, who knows how it's going to go. But he seems to have figured it out. He seems to have at least gotten the organization's confidence. But I know that it was very difficult for him. And I know, I definitely know, it was also very tough on Jerry Tenorti. And, Louis, in Montreal, there's always a goalie controversy. But for once, it's for the backup goalie position. And <laughs> yeah. before camp, not many people, including myself, uh, we, we didn't think that there would be a fight for the number two goalie position. Do you think a decision has already been made, or do you think uh, tonight's performance by Tokarski against the Senators will, will actually influence it? Yeah, that's a, you know, that's a really tough call. I mean, ultimately, when you look at the contract situation, Condon has a one-way contract as of next year. So that kind of gives you an indication of what they think of him and where he is in terms of, you know, moving forward. They feel that this guy can play. They feel that this guy can compete. They feel that this guy can be uh, a number two to carry Price, to the best goalie in the world. And so, uh, yeah, you know, that, that I'm not, to be honest with you, I think that ultimately they're probably the easy decision is you send them back to the American Hockey League. Um, but, uh, you know, Mark Bergevin and, and Michelle Therrien aren't necessarily afraid to make the harsh and the hard decisions. Uh, they did roll the dice with Dustin Tokarski last year, and, uh, you know, he was okay. He's never going to be, I don't think, much more than that. I think he's just going to be an okay backup. But when you've got, you know, the guy who's, you know, the MVP, the Hart Trophy winner, uh, the Vezina Trophy. He's a guy that you can throw out there 68, 70 times a year. Um, I wouldn't say that your backup becomes irrelevant, but perhaps what they do, perhaps the easy situation is you hold on to Dustin Tokarski, and if you have an injury or if you really need a backup or something, well, maybe you call him up and, uh, you know, in case of injury, and so Tokarski's on the bench and Condon plays. That wouldn't be impossible either. 
I think uh, the other major decision that that uh, has to be made is is that group at, uh, on the uh, uh, forwards on the the fourth line. We talked a, a little bit about it before you arrived, Louis, but we're wondering about your opinion. Uh, there's uh, you know Brian Flynn um, who seems to uh, seems that he'll stick around. Charles Sedan, yeah. uh, San Andrew Ghetto, uh, Jacob De La Rose. Uh, the one that we talked about a fair bit was uh, Devonte Smith-Pelly and how he hasn't impressed very much in in training camp. Even you know having the the weight loss, he doesn't look a lot quicker out there. But Michelle Terrian seems to want him in the lineup. It seems to be affording him every opportunity uh, to grab a position, even starting him on the left side uh, on Thursday night. How do you think that's uh, those players are all going to sort themselves out? Well, the thing about Devontae Smith-Pelly compared to the other guys is that he's a proven NHLer. I mean, he hasn't done all that much in the NHL. I mean, he's still a guy that needs to needs to step up and kind of you're still left wondering and waiting, how good is he? Uh, you know, what can he give you? But, I mean, if you look at what he did a couple of years ago in the postseason, if you look at, uh, if you look at the build, if you look at the pedigree, uh, he's a guy that can play. He's a guy who knows the league. Uh, he knows the rigors of it. And he's also a guy that you traded for. It wasn't a major trade. You had a guy who was disgruntled and who was uh, unhappy that you gave away in C-catch uh, in exchange for Devontae Smith-Pelly. But, you know, I don't think he's got uh, a very long leash. But I do think that he's a guy that's going to be on the team. But he's a bubble player right now. The reality is that he comes in last year at the trade deadline. And so, you know, it would look a little odd, perhaps, for Michel Therrien and for Mark Bergevin to already sour and already say, well, this guy, I mean, you know, we made the trade, but now we're moving and we're going in a different direction. He doesn't cost all that much. He's a big physical player. He just needs to figure it out. And he knows he's under pressure. He knows that right now, um, you know, his career is in jeopardy, let's be honest. And so I think that that's why he's still around. But he also, very, I think, understands he's an intelligent player. He understands that everything is very precarious for him right now. He needs to figure it out. He needs to be able to prove that he can help. And, uh, you know, when I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, he, he, he lost those weight, you know, that weight because he felt that out West, you know, it's such a big boy conference, you know, every, it, just everything is so big and everything. It, it's based not necessarily on speed, but on physicality. He felt he needed that weight. But he said coming over to the East, he was shocked by how fast it is, how much, you know, it's a skating game as opposed to the opposite in the West. And so, I mean, Devontae Smith-Pelly for me is, um, is somewhat intriguing because, you know, he's just one of those guys that you wonder, is he, is he on the way out? Is his career perhaps, you know, coming to an end? Is he, is he going to be one of those guys that's going to be, you know, on a PTO next year or playing in Europe? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a reality. So how is he going to deal with that? But the reason why he's still there as opposed to the Udons and the Sven Andre Ghettos is that because he's done stuff before in this league, uh, he's proven that he can have an impact. It's just, was that a fluke? Was it a flash in the pan? Or can he do it again? He's going to get chances, but he's not going to get a ton. And Louis, on Wednesday night at uh, 7 o'clock will be the beginning of year two between, between agreement with the NHL and TVA when it comes for the French broadcast national broadcast rights. Uh, what should Montreal yep. Canadiens fans expect during, uh, the, uh, well, let's stay specific to the Canadiens broadcast. Any new panelists or features that you can maybe give us a little a sneak peek on? Yeah, it's going to be, I think, a bit of continuation to what we started last year. Obviously, last year we were uh, we didn't know what the hell we were getting into. Uh, it, was, uh, <laughs> it was obviously a pretty big challenge. Uh, it was, you know, changing habits for a lot of people. And so hopefully we can build off on what we did last year. You know, the big thing for us is credibility, rigor. We want to make sure that, uh, you know, with our team, whether it's Felix Seguin, Patrick Lelim, uh in the broadcast booth or Renaud Lavoie, who everybody knows, uh, who's, uh, you know, one of the most connected guys, one of the most connected reporters in the NHL, uh, to our panel um, in studio between Michel Bergeron, the former NHL uh, coach, and Jose Theodore, who's going to be there a lot more this season. J.S. Jaguar, former Stanley Cup champion, former Conn Smythe winner as well, is going to be with us. Uh, Paul Lewis as well. So it's going to be, I would say, you know, a continuation of what we, what we started last year. But ultimately for us, what it is, is we want to talk about the Canadians. 
We want everybody to know what's going on. We want to be informative, but we also want it to be fun because, you know, people have busy lives, busy schedules. You, you know, you get up and you have to go to work and, you know, all sorts of things that you have to do between, you know, uh, the kids' activities and et cetera and so forth. And so what we want it to be is we want it to be, you know, fun, entertaining, uh, without being over the top. You know, we, we enjoy working with each other and we want that to show. And so that's what we're going to bring again this year, ultimately. We want it to, you know, we'll be there. We'll be um, on site for, for all 22 games that we'll be doing. There's the Winter Classic on January the 1st and all the special events at PVS Ball this year. We're doing over 250 games, so it's a busy year, but obviously... Um, you know, for us, the Montreal Canadiens are at the center of everything we do. And so we want fans that when they watch us, they enjoy it. They have a smile on their face and, uh, and they learn something and they feel, they feel involved. They feel, you know, like they're, they're right there uh, rinkside. And so that's kind of the philosophy for us. Perfect. And a lot of people are going to have smiles Wednesday night when this regular season finally gets underway after all this preseason action. Thank you very much for joining yeah, us. You betcha. Same for us. Yeah, we do appreciate. Thanks for taking the time, Louis. Thanks. Hey, my pleasure. Take care, guys. Thank you. Take care. You too. All right. So that was uh, Louis Jean from TVA Sports, who who joined us, and we do appreciate because he 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 had some commitments with his family, but he did take the time to uh, to join us. If we just go on Twitter right now to look at uh, some uh, tweets that we did receive. From uh, our listeners, first one comes from Pierre Picard. He would send, he writes, Jacob De La Rose to AHL, ticker as well. So Tokarski has to go through waivers to go down. He'd probably make it anyways. Uh, keep Tinner and Barbario. Trade Gilbert and Emlyn if possible. DSP, keep him for now. Can't get rid of Tinner yet. He might improve. Gilbert and Emlyn won't. May not be able to trade 74's contract. So thank you very much for the tweet, uh, Pierre. And, well, you heard me here last week that if Canines are able to get rid of Gilbert and Emlyn, I'd be happy. Mm. I'd support it. And one thing we need to keep in mind is that Alex Emlyn does have a no-trade clause, so that will definitely make it harder for the Canadians to, uh, to trade Alexi Emelin, and well, we won't need to go through this debate again. If you missed it, listen to to last week because myself and Rick do have, uh, I would say, opposing opinions on uh, number 74. (laughs) Next week comes tweet, sorry, comes from Stephen. He writes, ticker DSLR, so I'm guessing that's Jacob De La Rose, and Barbario should be assigned to St. John's. Tenorti should be seventh defenseman, Gilbert on waivers, and Emlyn should be moved. So, Rick, you, you can tell that these are my followers that are setting these responses. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm i going to disagree with them on uh, Jacob De La Rose. Um, and, uh, you know, the... I, I do agree. I think I think you're hearing from the followers though that um, they they like they like Tenorti in the lineup. Uh, no, well, at least with the organization, um, and uh, they haven't given up on him like some uh, some others may have. And last week comes from uh, Scooter from Vermont. He writes, "Use Devante Smith, Pelly, and Tokarski as trade bait." Well, you can use them as trade bait, but what are you going to get in return for that? That's uh, that's the big question. I don't think uh, you'll get much. Yeah, right, I don't so, think there's much much there at all. No, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so either. So, uh, so we had Louis Jean joining us, so we're a little bit crunchy on uh, crunching on the time. So what we'll do is, Canadians are playing only one regular season game. It's a Wednesday night against the Toronto Maple Leafs at 7 o'clock at the Air Canada Centre, a game that could be seen coast-to-coast on Sportsnet. And on uh, on the francophone side, you can see Louis Jean, who joined us earlier on the TVA Sports as well. But meanwhile, Canadians are playing their final exhibition game tonight at 7 o'clock against the Ottawa Senators, a game that could be seen to viewers in Belleville East on RDS in French. And that's right, TSN 5. 
So it, it will be on TSN. If I'm not mistaken, it will be the only game this season that uh, we'll be able to watch on TSN 5 if you're in the Montreal Canadiens uh, viewing area. So what we'll do is our regular season predictions. We'll do that next episode, next Saturday. Canadiens will have played only one game. So I think it will still be valid predictions, even if we wait uh, one game after the start of the season. And don't forget that on Wednesday night is the beginning of our new contest with Frameworth Sports, where you could win an 8x10 autographed picture of uh, Brendan Gallagher. You just need to tweet the final score, including the team, and the Canadiens' first goal score, and if you get it right, you win. We'll be tweeting out a picture of, uh, of the Brendan Gallagher photo in a couple of days. And don't forget, you can visit frameworth.com for more information on that on that company. Rick, thank you very much. Uh, it's been great. Uh, even even this overtime segment. Dur- during the preseason, it's mandatory five-minute overtime. So we're doing that on the show as well. That was a great interview with uh, Louis Jean and and it pushes us into overtime a bit, but lots of uh, lots of good info there. Uh, I'll just remind people to head to allhabs.net, especially to take part in this week's uh, poll. Uh, the allhabs poll of the week question is, who should be the backup? Right now, uh, we have Mike Condon at 52%, so it's still pretty close. Dustin Tukarski, 45 uh, Zach Fucali with uh, 2%. Um, and uh, so make your way there. Uh, the poll will just be up till the end of the week, and, and you can have your say. Um, and look for us on Twitter, at All Habs. And, well, if you have any feedback on uh, the Habs 360 podcast, you can let us know via Twitter, at Habs 360, or you can send us an email at chrisg at uh, allhabs.net. Coming up next week, well... We'll have one regular season game to talk about. It'll be the game between the Canadians and the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. And, well, we'll be previewing another original six matchup, as that night the Canadians will be playing the Bruins in Boston. And, well, we'll be giving a regular season prediction that we didn't have time to do uh, this week. And also the true, the true or false segment will return next week as well. And, well, I'm going to go on a make a prediction here a little bit far-fetched, but I think in next week's episode, we'll be talking about a trade involving the Montreal Canadiens. I won't go as far to say which players will be involved because I have no idea, and I'm taking a pure guess, but just a gut feeling, we won't see the exact same roster. Some Somebody's going to get moved, at least one player, if not more. So, well... You'll have to tune in next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, for another edition of the Habs 360 podcast. And finally, the regular season gets underway Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Enjoy the week and go Habs go. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.